now about to read Judges 9, and this is a little addition to the story of Gideon. We're not talking about Gideon anymore. We're now going to talk about one of his sons, Abimelech or Abimelech. And um, sometimes you can wonder why these types of chapters are even in the Bible, because they don't seem to have any connection to anything. But we'll read and find out. Abimelech, the son of Jeroboam, went to Shechem to his mother's brothers and spoke with them and with all the family of the house of his mother's father, saying, Please speak in the ears of all the men of Shechem. Is it better for you that all the sons of Jeroboam, who are seventy persons, rule over you, or that one rule over you? Remember also that I am your bone and your flesh. His mother's brothers spoke of him in all the ears of the men of Shechem all those words. And their hearts were inclined to follow Abimelech, for they said, He is our brother. They gave him seventy pieces of silver out of the house of baal Barith, with which Abimelech hired vain and reckless fellows who followed him. He went to his father's house in Ophrah and killed his brothers, the sons of Jeroboam, being seventy persons, on one stone. But Jotham, the youngest son of Jeroboam, was left, for he hid himself. All the men of Shechem assembled themselves together with all the house of Milo and went and made Abimelech the king by the oak of a pillar that was in Shechem. When they told it to Jotham, he went and stood on the top of Mount Gerizim and lifted up his voice and cried out and said to them, Listen to me, you men of Shechem, that God may listen to you. The trees set out to anoint a king over themselves, and they said to the olive tree, Reign over us. But the olive tree said to them, should I stop producing my oil, with which they honour God and man by me, and go to wave back and forward over all the trees? Then the tree said to the fig tree, Come and reign over us. But the fig tree said to them, Should I leave my sweetness and my good fruit and go wave back and forth over the trees? Then the tree said to the vine, Come and reign over us. And the vine said to them, Should I leave my new wine which cheers God and man and go to wave back and forth over the trees? Then all the trees said to the bramble, Come and reign over us. The bramble said to the trees, If in truth you anoint me king over you, then come and take refuge in my shade, and if not, let fire come out of the bramble and devour the cedars of Lebanon. Now therefore, if you have dealt truly and righteously in that you have made Abimelech king, and if you have dealt well with Jeroboam and his house, and have done him according to the deserving of his hands, for my father fought for you and risked his life and delivered you out of the hand of Midian, and you have risen up against my father's house today and have slain his son's seventy persons on one stone, and have made Abimelech the son of his female servant, king over the men of Shechem, because he is your brother, if you have then dealt truly and righteously with Jeroboam and with his house today, then rejoice in Abimelech and let him also rejoice in you. But if not, let fire come out from Abimelech and devour the men of Shechem and the house of Milo, and let fire come out from the men of Shechem and from the house of Milo and devour Abimelech. And then Jotham ran away and fled and went to Beer and lived there for fear of Abimelech his brother. Abimelech was the prince over Israel for three years, then God sent an evil spirit between Abimelech and the men of Shechem, and the men of Shechem dealt treacherously with Abimelech, that the violence done to the seventy sons of Jeroboam might come, and that their blood might be laid on Abimelech, their brother, who killed them, and on the men of Shechem, who strengthened his hands to kill his brothers. 
The men of Shechem set an ambush for him on the top of the mountains, and they robbed all who came along by way of them, and Abimelech was told about it. Gael, the son of Ebed, came with his brothers and went over to Shechem, and the men of Shechem put their trust in him. They went out into the field, harvested their vineyards, trod the grapes, celebrated, and went into the house of their god and ate and drank and cursed Abimelech. Gael, the son of Ebed, said, Who is Abimelech, and who is Shechem, that we should serve him? Isn't he the son of Jeroboam? Isn't Zebel his officer? Serve the men of Hamor, the father of Shechem. But why should we serve him? I wish that his people were under my hand. Then I would remove Abimelech. He said to Abimelech, Increase your army and come out. When Zebel, the ruler of the city, heard the words of Gael, the son of Ebed, his anger burned. He sent messengers to Abimelech craftily, saying, Behold, Gael, the son of Ebed, and his brothers have come to Shechem. And behold, they incite the city against you. Now therefore go up by night, you and the people who are with you, and lie in wait in the field. It shall be in the morning, as soon as the sun is up, you shall rise early and rush on the city. Behold, when he and the people who are with him come out against you, then may you do to them as you shall find occasion. Abimelech rose up, and all the people who were with him by night, and they laid wait against Shechem in four companies. Gael the son of Ebed went out and stood in the entrance of the gate of the city. Abimelech rose up, and the people were with him from the ambush. When Gael saw the people, he said to Zebel, Behold, people are coming down from the top of the mountains. Zebel said to him, You see the shadows of the mountains as if they were men. Gael spoke again and said, Behold, people are coming down by the middle of the land, and one company comes by the way of the oak of Meonanim. Then Zebel said to him, Now where is your mouth that you said, Who is Abimelech, that we should serve him? Isn't this the people that you despise? Now go and fight with them. Gael went out before the men of Shechem and fought with Abimelech. Abimelech chased him and he fled before him, and many fell wounded even at the entrance of the gate. Abimelech lived in Aruma, and Zebel drove out Gael and his brothers that they should not dwell in Shechem. On the next day, the people went out into the field and told Abimelech. He took the people and divided them into three companies and lay wait in the field. And he looked, and behold, the people came out of the city. So he rose up against them and struck them. Abimelech and the companies that were with him rushed forward and stood in the entrance of the gate of the city. And the two companies rushed on all who were in the field and struck them. Abimelech fought against the city all that day, and he took the city and killed the people. He beat down the city and sowed it with salt. When all the men of the tower of Shechem heard of it, they entered into the stronghold of the house of Elbereth. Abimelech was told that all the men of the tower of Shechem were gathered together. Abimelech went up to Mount Zalman, he and all the people who were with him, and Abimelech took an axe in his hand and cut down a bough from the trees and laid it up and laid it on his shoulder. Then he said to the people who were with him, What you have seen me do, make haste and do as I have done. All the people likewise each cut down his bough, followed Abimelech, and put them at the base of the stronghold, and they set the stronghold on fire, so that all the people of the tower of Shechem died also, about a thousand men and women. Then Abimelech went to Thebes, and encamped against Thebes, and took it. But there was a strong tower within the city, and all the men and the women of the city fled there, and shut themselves in. 
and went up to the roof of the tower. Abimelech came to the tower and fought against it and came near to the door of the tower to burn it with fire. A certain woman cast an upper millstone on Abimelech's head and broke his skull. Then he called hastily to the young man, his armour bearer, and said to him, Draw your sword and kill me, that the men may not say a woman killed him. His young man thrust him through and he died. When the men of Israel saw that Abimelech was dead, they each departed to his place. Thus God repaid the wickedness of Abimelech, which he did to his father in killing his seventy brothers, and God repaid all the wickedness of the men of Shechem on their heads, and the curse of Jotham the son of Jeroboam came upon them. So Abimelech was one of Gideon's sons. Gideon had 70 sons. He had a lot of wives, but he also had concubines, and Abimelech was the son of a concubine. So it's still Gideon's son, but not as a son in the full sense that these other 70 sons were. But Gideon lived in Ophrah, and that's, I guess, where all the 70 sons lived. But Abimelech lived in Shechem. And I guess that's where his mother lived, the concubine. And um, so Abimelech convinces the people of Shechem, basically saying, look, I'm a son of Gideon too, but why is this other whole crowd ruling us all? Why not let me be the ruler? Well, he appealed to the pride that was in the hearts of the people of Shechem, and they decided that was right, and they gave him money. Um, how many shekels was it? 70 shekels? They gave him money and he hired a small army and he, with that he put all of his brothers to death except the youngest, Jotham, who escapes. And Jotham tells this parable about the trees and it's, a, it's such a well-crafted uh, parable. I mean, you can hardly think of a, a more clever thing to say and yet at the end, of course, it makes Abimelech all mad and Jotham has to run away and we never hear of Jotham again in the rest of the Bible. Not that Jotham. We hear of another Jotham, King Jotham. But this Jotham, this is the last we hear of him. And, um, but he tells this parable about the, the trees wanting a king. But, you know, the olive tree, and you think olives are a great tree and they produce wonderful fruit, but he didn't want to be the king and because uh, he was too busy making fruit. And the same with the fig and the same with the vine. You know, these are great plants, great trees. But in the end, they choose the bramble, which is a scroggly old bush. It's not fit to be anything. It's not profitable. You know, they basically chose a prickle bush to be the king in the parable. And the prickle bush says, you know, come and take refuge in my shade. Well, what shade does a prickle bush have? None. And he, he's basically saying in this parable that Gideon did good things for you. And the sons of Gideon, they do good things for you. But this worthless fellow, he's like a prickle bush. You can't take refuge in his shade. And he ends up prophesying and he says... If you have treated the house of Gideon honorably, which they hadn't, because remember they killed all the 70 sons except one, he said, then fine. But he says, if you haven't, may fire come out from Shechem and destroy Abimelech, and may fire come out from Abimelech and destroy Shechem. So he prophesies, and he basically curses them with this very clever parable, which sounds so interesting, and then right at the end you realize the meaning of it. And... <laughs> It's no wonder Abimelech got cranky when he was being compared with a prickle bush. And um, so basically, this is a curse and it's a prophecy and it's exactly what happens on this whole chapter is the story of Abimelech. Now you remember that in the last chapter, they tried to make Gideon to be the king. They said to Gideon, you come and rule over us and your sons after you. And he said, no, Yahweh will be your king, not me and not my sons. So 
But here we've actually got the story. Now Gideon didn't accept the position of being a ruler, but we've got the story here of one of his sons trying to be the ruler of all Israel. But Gideon already prophesied as well. Gideon's prophecy was that my son will not be your ruler. And, and Jotham's prophecy was fire will come out of Shechem and destroy Abimelech. Well, this chapter shows how both of these prophecies come true. And the thing about it was, was when both of these people said those things, they didn't know they were prophesying. And there's lots of examples of this type of thing through the Bible where people would speak things. And so, like, for example, Caiaphas. Caiaphas said, he was talking about Jesus, he said, it's better for one man to die for the nation to be saved. And what Caiaphas, Caiaphas did not know he was prophesying. But what he was thinking was, if we can just get rid of Jesus, we're going to solve the problem and this whole thing is going to go away and we'll all be safe. That's what Caiaphas is thinking. But what he prophesied was that Jesus, the Lamb of God, he dies so that salvation can be offered to the whole world. <laughs> Magnificent. So this type of thing happens a lot where people prophesy and they don't realize they are. And uh, we've got these two examples of it right here with Gideon and with Gideon's son Jotham, both of them about Gideon's other son Abimelech. Interestingly, even though um, Gideon didn't want to be the king, the name Abimelech, which his son had, means my father is the king. So... <laughs> Now, his mother named him that, the concubine. We read that his mother named him this name. So his, in his mother's mind, she's thinking, you know, Gideon's the king, and I'm going to name this boy, my father is the king. So even though Gideon said he wasn't the king, there's, there's still a something going on there. <laughs> and it's, it's a danger to us all. You know, to avoid pride, it so easily sneaks in to us all of the time. So eventually, anyway, after the parable is told, Gideon and Shech, uh, Abimelech and Shechem get on great for three years. Then there's um, a bad feeling between them. They start fighting against each other. And in the end, um, Abimelech takes his army to Shechem and destroys the city. He, he lights that tower of Shechem on fire and burns a thousand people alive. It's, it's terrible and it's grisly. And this is what happens when you get yourself out of the will of God when you let pride get into your heart, you start thinking wrongly. And there's such terrible examples of it. And we think, thank God that these types of things don't happen today. And, you know, by and large, that's true. But at the same time, what we don't realize is that the, the lesson of what's being talked about here is affecting us in such a real way. We think that these problems are not, we don't have the problems to the extent that they have. We have the same problems, and these stories are supposed to illustrate it to us how serious they are. So that's the whole reason why they're recorded. And so Abimelech destroys the city of Shechem, but then he goes to attack the city of Thebes, and that's where a woman drops a millstone on his head and cracks his skull. And so then he asks his, his uh, armor bearer to kill him because he didn't want to die from the hand of a woman, but it was in reality it was too late. <laughs> so, yep. <laughs> I think it's one of the funny, it's not funny that he died, but it's one of the funniest things in the Bible that he says, quick, kill me, so we can say a woman didn't do it. <laughs> uh, too late. Anyway, um, that, that particular incident there where a woman dropped a millstone on his head has, you know, scholars, they are so dumb. These are non-Christian scholars I'm talking about. Um, but I mean, in reality, we're all dumb. We're all dumb in many ways. But non-Christian scholars, they're trying to prove the Bible wrong. And every little thing, they're looking for some way to prove it wrong. 
so they're all saying they're all saying things like there's no way a woman could have lifted up a millstone and thrown it off the wall <laughs> they say this type of stuff and um anyway um apparently there were all different types of millstones and you know they when they say a thing like that they're talking about the really big heavy ones and of course even most men couldn't lift one of those big heavy millstones and throw it off a wall but there were little ones as well there were little ones that were like small and round and they're only like five kilograms you know what the truth is even a smallish rock a smallish rock like a bowling ball or even smaller could crush someone's head when thrown from that distance you think of a cannonball you know once it gets some height you know you you're basically getting hit in the head with a cannon and there were some very interesting um biblical scholars some females who um did a little experiment <laughs> they got watermelons and they put them out in the paddock and they went up this little tower they only went up about two or three stories and they threw stones and these were just smaller stones and they were completely destroying these watermelons with these stones and i know a head is stronger than a watermelon but it demonstrates just how easily this could have happened and um who who would have imagined us sitting here discussing you know <laughs> watermelons and throwing stones and all this type of thing but anyway here we got a story from about 3150 years ago and it's a real story it really happens and it's an example of what happens when someone steps out abimelech should have known that he was not to rule over israel gideon knew it he rejected the offer and all of his sons should have known it but pride gets into the heart and people start thinking they can do things that the lord doesn't want them to do much much later in the bible king david in the story of bathsheba in second samuel 11 his army is out fighting and he gives them this advice he says don't be like abimelech and go near the city wall don't you know what happened to him so this story of Abimelech's head being crushed is has clearly become noted in the in military history and from this time on they were always very careful not to go too close to city walls and to towers without without protection and I've got a book at home it's all about how to destroy a castle it's a, such a fascinating medieval book with all diagrams about battering rams and they used to have special equipment they would build with roofs on it with with animal skin that was coated so that if firing darts landed on it it wouldn't catch on fire and it would wet the leather down and all of this and they would go up to the city walls and they would get up real close and they would do things like light fires or or dig underneath the city walls so that they would collapse anyway but uh, people learned their lesson a long time ago so in this chapter we see that the prophecy of Gideon was fulfilled that his sons would not rule over Israel even though he tried and Jotham's prophecy that fire would come out and destroy Abimelech and destroy the town of Shechem. Both of these prophecies were completely fulfilled. What we're really seeing here at this point in the book of Judges is that things are getting worse and worse. And you remember I said that at the start of the book of Judges. I said that things were pretty good when Joshua was in control. Everyone was so determined to follow God. But there's this now cycle of apostasy going on and things are getting worse and worse and worse. And we're seeing it at play right now people are lawless everyone's doing what they want and it's only going to get worse father i ask that you would keep us from lawlessness lord you are our lord and even though you're not physically present and ruling on a throne lord you're reigning from heaven you're by the right hand of the father and what's more lord we're seated in heavenly places with you 
And so I pray that you would be the king of our lives, that we would be kept from lawlessness, that we would not follow the example, the terrible example of the people in the book of Judges. I pray that you'd give us grace to be lawful, to be righteous, to be blameless, to be holy, to serve you, to follow you. Strengthen us, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.